Chapter 1. Hollywood, California, 1992. Twenty years old. One day before killing Curtis. My head bangs against the wall as Curtis has his way with me, groaning and grunting all the while. I can sense he's reaching his limit and can't hold out much longer. Baby, he moans, his voice straining. I turn my face into his ear and exhale sharply, making sure my breathing seems ragged and desperate, as if, despite my best efforts at maintaining my composure, I just can't control myself. Of course, my dear husband, only you bring out the wide-eyed little girl in me, the girl who believes in happily ever afters and soulmates. I roll my eyes, even as my skull bangs against the wall with a loud thud. The vast majority of the time, something as simple as panting in Curtis's ear does the trick and sends him over the edge. But not this time. Bang, bang, bang. My head continues its assault on the wall of our hotel room. Oh, Curtis, I blurt loudly, taking great care to infuse my voice with breathless excitement. And then, because Curtis absolutely loves it when I talk Texas, I bring my lips right to his ear, blow out a puff of warm air, and whisper in my most exaggerated twang, Goodness gracious, sugar! That ought to do the trick. I wait. He's moaning and grunting like a hog and slop, but undeniably hanging on. Well, hails bells. Looks like I'm gonna have to work a little harder than usual to lead my blind pig of a husband to an acorn tonight. I make a noise like my insides are being split in two by pleasures so intense, it hurts. And then, just because I like wearing belts and suspenders, I bite his earlobe, too. Hard. Yep, that does it. Hallelujah. Curtis lets out a mangled cry of release and relief, and I respond with my trademark, I'm just so in love with you, sigh. Just for the heck of it, since this is my final performance, after all, and I'm a big believer in leaving it all out there, I follow all of it up with a little shimmy something I've only recently learned I'm supposed to do at times such as this. And then I arch my back with apparent pleasure, like I'm finally deliciously scratching a hard-to-reach itch. I smirk. I should have been an actress. Oh, wait, I am an actress. And a dang good one, too. Destined to be seen by audiences and cineplexes all over the world. Curtis becomes still. His body goes slack. Beads of sweat cover his brow, his chest, his cheeks. If I didn't hate my husband so much, I might actually think he's handsome. Quite handsome indeed. I smile dreamily at my dear husband, thinking about tomorrow, when he'll finally be dead. You're amazing, baby, Curtis says, grinning like a possum with a sweet potato. Ah, Curtis, I squeal. In a sudden and unexpected fit of genuine glee, I throw my head back and laugh with abandon. Tomorrow is finally killing Curtis Day, and I'm bursting at the seams about it. Curtis kisses my nose. I love you, baby. I love you too, Curtis, I reply. And it's true, I do love Curtis. That is, if you define love as that hard-to-pin-down sensation of anticipation and longing you get as you count down the days, then hours, then minutes until your loved one is cold and dead as he so richly deserves to be. What a thrill, a turn-on even, if I'm being honest, to be so very close now, so very, very close, after waiting a tortuous year minus one day for his well-deserved fate to come. Being on the eve of his one-way departure from planet Earth, 
I feel somewhat hot and bothered, actually. Hey now, being so close to happy killing Curtis Day is getting me hotter than a stolen tamale. I suddenly and enthusiastically kiss my husband's mouth, and he plunges his tongue into mine in reply. Ah, oh, baby, he murmurs, his brawny body instantly responding to my surprise and invitation. Again? Again, I mutter. Might as well send the fucker off with a smile on his stupid, lying face.